You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1093. And I think we have a great show planned for you today. We have an author in the house, Shavana Gaylor. She's the author of The Emerging Healer. And for those of you that are watching us on uh, Facebook Live, there you go. See the book right there? I'm holding it up. If you uh, are listening to this as a podcast, maybe you want to go over to YouTube and watch the video. You can see the copy of the book. But anyway, we're going to be talking about the book. Shavana is a mental health expert. And she's helping to add insight and impact to your mental health, to her mental health work. In her latest book, she models the process of exploring your own personal journey to support growth as a healer. Shavana, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you very much. It is such an honor to be here. I'm absolutely excited. I couldn't even sleep last night like wow. a kid headed to Disneyland. Well, that's great. <laughs> then, then we will do our best to make this a positive experience for you. Let's start by having you talk about your personal story that you do write about in the book as, as, as growth as a healer? Absolutely. Well, my belief is that we can't appreciate the difficulties that people uh, struggle with when they come and show courage for their healing unless we are willing to do the work ourselves. So for me to be able to tell my personal story, it required me to show the vulnerability and the strength that I ask people to show when they come to me to help with their healing. And it really was a powerful process. So um, let's talk a little bit. About, so I have some prepared questions, and I have some free-form conversation that I want to have with you, if that's okay. Yes. So, so you do share in the book your upbringing and, and some of the challenges that, were, that came along with that. You were very real in how you described your parents' relationship and how that affected you. Yes, I did. Um, really, it was important for me to tell my, my family story and to tell my story of resilience. And honestly, I, I wasn't aware of how much of the story was impactful on who I am today and who I've become over the years until I started writing the oh, story. Oh, wow. So that's yes. one of the unintended consequences of writing the book. Absolutely. You get a deeper, deeper appreciation for yourself? Absolutely. Wow, that is awesome. Can we ring the gong there, Mr. <laughs> gong Ringer? Our audience knows that when they hear the gong, that if they were sort of listening to the interview, they like on a podcast, they may mm -hmm. want to back it up about a minute and sort of get the context of what we just talked about. So that's that's why I do that occasionally on the show. Okay, thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you for giving us a gongable moment <laughs> that early. Um, what was the inspiration for you to write this book? Well, it was a couple pieces. One was the fact that um, I'm really passionate about other clinicians. I've heard too many times that people had negative experiences with therapists. Hmm. And it's really sad for me when I hear that because the the process of working with someone and partnering with someone for your healing can be so powerful. And so I work with the most difficult, the most challenging, the mo the the most scared individuals in their healing and I had someone come to me before and say, "You need to give them the shavana." I'm like, what is the Shivana? Well, I've had all these other therapists, and they're not doing really well, and they don't do what you do. Give them the Shivana. And I had to figure out what the heck the Shivana was. <laughs> right. And what I really learned was that it was really just believing in the healing power of love and being fully authentic, respectful, and present. 
Wow. So I took the time to write, to model that. Okay. And to write some practical tips and procedures and steps on how to do that for another individual. So you, and, and I'm glad you said this in the book, you, you tell people how proud you are of people who seek mental health assistance. And I share that sentiment with you because I, I feel in our country, we're not handling mental health the way it needs to be dealt with as we do with other health issues. Do you feel that way? I absolutely agree. If you have a knee injury and your knee is bothering you, it's just bothering you, and you go to the doctor, well, first you're going to try everything at home. You're going to put on a little Bengay right. and, and maybe stay off of it and ice it. But if that doesn't work, you'll go to your primary doctor, right? Yes. Primary doctor tries to give you something, you try that out, and if that doesn't work and they say you need a specialist, there's no shame in going to the knee specialist. No one says, oh, you're going to a knee specialist. You may What's call wrong your friends you? and say, do you, do you have a good doctor that I can go to? Absolutely. 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 However, if I'm struggling emotionally, I've gone through some things, I'm having a hard time. I try. I may exercise, read, pray, meditate, go for a walk, do anything, talk to my friends. But if that's still not working and I go and talk to my doctor about it and they say, hey, how about you look at considering a therapist? There's this heavy level of shame. Yes. Which shouldn't be. Right. It should not be. And failure. Be. And it's, it's amazing to me how people think they should be able to think through their mental health issues. It's like you should be able to heal your heart by concentrating on your heart. I mean, it, your, your brain has, it, it needs therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a shame that we still have that under a cloak of shame or a dark cloud or something that you can't talk about. People see people differently even. Right. If you're if you're brave enough to admit it, many times you sort of see people take a step away a little bit, don't you? I mean, that's my observation. Absolutely. And what I find is that the people in our life love us, but they they listen to us through that veil of love. So if you're talking to a spouse and you are struggling and having a difficult time and you're telling them, I'm really feeling down, they love you so much. They're thinking, is there a way that I failed you in you feeling down? They're thinking through their listening through their veil of love. Okay. And so I tell people, I love you, but I don't love you like the people in your life every day love you. So I can listen to you objectively and help you process what you're going through without thinking, how does this apply? Am I not enough? What am I not doing? How can I fix it? I can help you just work through it right which is really the secret isn't it yes to, to figure out how to work through it yes yes absolutely because you, you got to work through your own stuff yes nobody on the outside's <laughs> gonna you know it's not like a knee replacement where somebody comes in takes out the bad one puts in a good one you're gonna have to deal my opinion is mm-hmm. you have to deal with this yourself but you need to have guidance and insight and it comes out regardless I tell people the things that happen in our lives, the challenges that we face, they're going to come out, whether they come out in anger, come out in hostility, come out in illness, come out in, um, they're going to come out some kind of way. How about we let them out in a healthy way? That's awesome. They're going to come out regardless. You can't keep it inside. It's going to come out. Either you're going to implode or explode. That is so, oh, look at you. We're just giving all kinds of knowledge here on Critical Mass (laughs) Radio Show with Shavana Gaylor. You know, the other thing, and we're going to have to take our first short break, but you know, studying the millennial generation. I've had some experts here on the show, authors of books, etc. And one of the red flags that they've cautioned me and I'm watching for now, and my wife's a teacher, and she's even in the younger generation in middle school, is the suicide rate mm-hmm. 
for that cohort of millennials is higher than the previous generations and that scares me i mean that mm -hmm. is that is really something that we have to come to grips with as a nation and help these young people not to seek that as a solution because that's not and and the age is getting younger and younger but i'd i'd venture to say that on both spectrums. I have individuals that I work with that are small children that are struggling with wanting to be around um, and struggling with that heavy cloak of sadness. But I also have older males who their identity was wrapped into being a provider or a caregiver for oh, their wow. families and are struggling maybe financially for the first time or struggling with being what they feel like the world or their family expects them to be and feel that heavy cloak of sadness and maybe romanticizing the idea of not wanting to be here as well oh my god and i have to explain to both spectrums that you are bigger greater and more amazing than that one particular role that you think you fulfill there is no one else in the world that can fill the space that you were designed to fill. You were created. The world would be missing a special piece if you weren't here, if I weren't here, if every single individual wasn't here. We, the world doesn't work without you. The world does not work its best without you. Wow. You're good. You're <laughs> really very compassionate and you i feel it coming through uh, hopefully people that are listening can feel your genuine connection to this subject matter so i hope so You're i authentic. believe everyone can heal no one has to hurt alone no one has That's to worse, hurt alone right? that is the worst no one has to hurt alone you can heal so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about exploring your personal story a little bit more if you're okay with that Absolutely. Don't you go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be right back with Shavana Gaylor after this brief word from me. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and pod Podcast. We're having a really intense conversation here in the studio off air, so that's kind of why I'm coming back without the normal punch that we usually have. But anyway, all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites who guests have put the player of the episode on their show. Um, since 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners in our live stream here on octalkradio.net, podcast that we do, YouTube, and the other channels that we use. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software, and you'll get our weekly shows with amazing guests like Shavana Gaylor, who is the author of The Emerging Healer. So I said before the break, I want to talk about your personal story. You know, can you share with how you've, the realness with which you portrayed it in your book? Well, I tell a bit about, and with, their, with my mom's permission, my mother and my father's story. And I don't want to go too deep into it, but I really wanted to honor 
the resilience, the strength of my father. I really came to the revelation throughout these years that I thought all of this greatness and all this amazingness that you see here today <laughs> was from my mom. And because my dad had so many struggles with whether it was behavioral, emotional, addiction. And what I realized that under the guise of all of that was a brilliance, a resilience and a love that was embodied in me as well. So my greatness was a combination of both. And some of my challenges were a combination of both. Right. It allowed me to see it more authentically. Yeah. In reading about your father, you put him in a different circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. He's eloquent. He's got great personality. He's a... He's a people person, and given a different set of opportunities, who knows where that could have led him. He found a way to be successful given the constraints of what he was born into, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Even struggling in addiction and struggling with the ins and outs and everything in between, I think that I was able to see that greatness inside of him. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is that he has always seen the greatness inside of me, too. Right. He was a good, genuine, caring dad to you. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, and loved yes. you. Yes. And your grand and your children. My children. Yes, my children. I have four of them. And they were so proud of me for sharing my story. And mm -hmm. I, that means a lot to me, even though I believe none of them have read my book. <laughs> <laughs> now, you go read that book, young, young lady, young man, right? <laughs> However, they, they have all... Um, communicated to me that they're so proud of me for taking that step forward and I modeled for them how to just do it and, and move forward and and so I hope that that gives them the courage the courage to do it as well I hope so too mm -hmm. I hope so as well it's one of the gifts and legacies that you're leaving to future generations as well some mm -hmm. someone's gonna say this is grandma's book absolutely right? that, absolutely. Day, that day will come all right I kind of know the answer but I want you to explain <laughs> it why is breaking the cycle of dysfunction and pain important as people embark on their healing journey? We may not have the power over whether negative things happen in our lives. Some of the things we bring upon ourselves, it's true. We cause some destructive things. However, there are tragic things that happen that are, with, are outside of our control, and we can't prevent that. However, we have the power to rewrite the end of our story. Everyone has the power to rewrite the end of their story. So your story could be, this tragic thing happened then. I fought to have a better future. I fought to end that cycle. I fought to heal and to recover from depression and anxiety. And now I can be a story of strength and resilience for other people. You all have the opportunity to rewrite your story. So by looking at the story in the past, you can also rewrite the story for the future if you take ownership of it taking ownership of your story gives you that strength and that power for moving forward is it, it, so I, I don't want to ask a practice question but i'm just curious is the inability to put the past in the past a major problem for people who are on a healing journey yes okay. um i have one therapist that i respect and admire and she explained that every negative experience that happens in our life can be like a rock in a backpack so there can be little pebbles right. and there can be big boulders. But if all of them stay in our backpack and we don't process them or deal with them, how can we soar? Right. How can we really soar? Can you fly with a backpack full of boulders? No. No. And so unless we really take the time to unpack those rocks, we won't be able to move forward. It's like trying to walk in quicksand. And do, do you find that, again, I don't want to get into the practice questions, no. but 
it almost feels to me that sometimes that pattern of behavior can actually become comforting in some way, even mm -hmm. though it's not in your best interest. Does that make sense? Yes. Sadness, anxiety, whatever dysfunctional pattern we have, it wants to feed itself. Okay. So it says if you're sad and you're depressed and you're in bed, it says stay in bed, listen to sad music, watch sad movies, do sad things, isolate, and it wants to feed itself. And what we feed will grow. So right. we have to be counterintuitive and say, okay, I know this sadness wants to feed itself, but I'm going to have to force myself to do the things that I know will make me feel better, even if I don't feel like it. Because it seems to me that the patterns become familiar, then they become routine, and triggers can put you in that rut pretty mm -hmm. quickly, right? You can be walking along the side of the road, and then something puts you in the ditch, and it seems to me the more you fall in that ditch, the harder it is to get out on your own. It's dysfunctionally comfortable. Okay. It's dysfunctionally comfortable. However, what we feed will grow, and what we starve will die. Is this a willpower issue, or is this a learned set of adaptive behaviors that people can model and learn how to heal with the right assistance. You know what I mean? Is it because sometimes it feels like it's, well, I'm just not going to let that happen anymore, but that seems like a false bravado to me, right? It, it does. It does because we can will our way out of anything, but however, if we don't have the tools, I can say all day long, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to be better with my money. I'm going to learn how to be better with my money. But if I have no idea where to invest, how to put it, where to put the, what, if I have no expertise and no knowledge, then I'm going to stay in debt and stay broke. Right. There has to be a level of skill that is applied to that determination. So what advice would you give to your children or to anybody else who's listening to us today and they know they have a book in them? What advice would you give other yet-to-be authors about the process of becoming an author? Well, I would definitely let them know to get comfortable with your past and, and understand what your purpose is. Because it's not an easy process, but if you know what your purpose is, then you can strategically set some time apart and make it a priority. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to build a team. Definitely build a dynamic team. Get as much information and as much support as you can. And then maybe develop some kind of ritual. How and where and when am I going to write? Okay. And the last thing, which is one of the things my writing coach told me, was to learn how to write ugly. Be comfortable with oh, writing ugly. That's such great advice. Be comfortable yes. with writing Don't ugly. Don't edit while you write. Yes. Just sit and write. That's Just write point. ugly. I would say we should ring the gong again for those budding authors out there. That is so true. Mm -hmm. What would you just say? Write ugly be comfortable with writing ugly because sometimes you want to write it perfectly yeah. you want to sit down and say well i want to have the most glowing beautiful way and what about my grammar and what about my spelling if you have something in your heart and your mind just get it out on paper you can always improve it Absolutely. it's easier to improve than to create and mm -hmm. don't let the improver kill your creator mm -hmm. let your creator create and they can always go back and wordsmith it right Absolutely. but if you're editing as you're writing you just keep stopping yourself absolutely yeah. absolutely that's awesome so if someone and I hope many would like to learn more, Shavana Gaylor, about your book, The Emerging Healer. Where, where do you say they go? I would suggest for the book, you can go to anywhere books are sold. There's an ebook as well as a physical book. So Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all of those um, online venues for books. If you would like to know more about Shavana, particularly, wonderfully, I have Shavana.com. Wow. C-H-E-V-O-N-N-A.com. Okay. I'm going to ask you to spell that again because I was talking over you. Sorry. No problem. C-H-E. 
V-O-N-N-A.com. That's where you can learn how to connect with me uh, face-to-face in my office or whether that's virtually, which I love to connect with people when they're healing virtually. So that's just Shivana.com. And I have a minute. Tell me the story behind your first name. (laughs) Well, my mom had a pretty difficult life. And so she wanted to create this beautiful name that no one had heard of. And I loathed it growing up. Mm -hmm. I did not like my name. I felt like it was so different and nobody could spell it. And it was just too unique. And what I learned was that that was what she was going for. She wanted a name that represented something totally new because I was her new chapter of happiness and joy. And I wanted, she wanted me to be something that, she had never experienced or seen before. I was her fresh new life. And I thought the story you tell about your name and your coming to terms with it <laughs> is, is a, an analogy, a metaphor for healing the healing process as well, right? Absolutely. Because the way you were reacting to your name when you were younger was, was negative. It was very negative, and now that I'm older, I mean, look, I get the domain, the, the domain name Shavana.com. <laughs> if my mom hadn't have spelled it so uniquely, uh, I would not have that, that domain. That's an unintended consequence. See that's that? Who she had beautiful. no way, right? That's beautiful, and right. I and I've come to appreciate and love what it means. Uh, now, when my name is spoken over me, I realize that it's speaking newness and life mm. and joy, and I'm so grateful. But oh. Coming up, right. I would have loved to have been a Mary or a Kim or a Sky. <laughs> yeah. Right, just something, just, <laughs> just something the, simple. Like, one, one, one syllable would have been perfect for me. <laughs> well, Shavana Gaylord, thank you for being a friend of the program, mm-hmm. a part of our. I'd like to welcome you into the critical mass community. I've so enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. We could have talked all day. Yeah, exactly. I feel like feel like we should have. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I need to thank our engineer for today's show, none other than Paul Roberts, who's off camera, and the three producers. Without these three, we wouldn't be able to do this show. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. Thank you very much, ladies. And I'd like to connect with you on social media. The best way to do that uh, in our audience is on LinkedIn. Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, Richard Franzi. Let's get connected there. We can start a conversation, and then we can go to the other social platforms as appropriate. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.